Any questions? No, we're no, start. I don't think so. I think we're just gonna see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like a little, I'm a little nervous, which is rare for me. I, I was gonna say you haven't been in front of a mic for a while. So yeah, it was, yeah, it's been a while. The five elements of letting go. The podcast discussing mental health openly and freely, and learning tools and techniques to find peace. Well, welcome everyone to the Five Elements to Letting Go. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and today my guest is Jamie Hall. Hello. He is the executive director of the uh, Okotoks and District Chamber of Commerce. Yep. And many of you will recognize his voice from his many years on the radio, uh, the Eagle 100.9. And he's just a well-known guy in the community, always got a smile on his face, always willing to help. <laughs> I, I try. I try. <laughs> yeah. So... You've, uh, you've you told me earlier that you've listened to a few of these, so you kind of know what we're going at today. Yeah. But I do like to start out with just, you know, right off the bat, just everyone's kind of like, and again, you, you've heard other people's, I want to know your opinion on how you feel we as a community and, you know, maybe as a province or country are dealing with mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And like I was saying before we started, like I, I, I have opinions, <laughs> but I, I tend to not engage in those opinions on social media, um, especially when I was on the air and radio at the Eagle, it was never like, this is what, you know, Jamie thinks about this, right? Yeah. So this is kind of, it's it's exciting for me to be able to state some, just what I think opinions. Mm -hmm. And in a in this platform you've provided, like I've said, I've listened to a few, like, well, probably seven, eight of them now. Wow, yeah, I've been like, I've been, I was listening before you asked me to oh, okay. join the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's, it's exciting to be able to talk about some opinions in this like safe space that you've created, right? Where there's no judgment and it's just going to be a, a good a good experience. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. So we talk about the state of mental health in the world right now. Um, it's, it's all over the place. I, I, I find, yeah. I think that people are dealing with COVID and everything that's happening in the world in their own way. Um, and I think a lot of people have been able to experience mental health I mean, everyone experiences a men mental health in their own way, right? Uh, they've been able to come up with different devices, different groups, different activities to help them release some of their mental aggression, I guess you could call it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I think, been really healthy. And through COVID, you've noticed a lot more talk about mental health, and we're getting rid of that stigma around mental health. And I mean, I, I've been listening to these podcasts and you talk to your guests about what it was like so long ago, like even, I don't know, 10, 10, 10, 20 years ago when mental health wasn't addressed. And if you were feeling blue, it was get over it and yeah. pick up your, pick up your shoes and figure it out. Right. And now it, there seems to be more compassion around it because these issues are very serious and people need to learn how to take time for themselves and mm -hmm. learn how to really deal with their with their mental health issues yeah it's it sure has come a long way <laughs> you know i, I don't <laughs> this is a little off topic but chris and i watched recently uh nurse ratchet oh yeah have you okay. watched that yet no but i've heard great things <laughs> and i love sarah paulson is that her name yeah yeah love her but it's so it's set in california in the um i don't know is it the 50s 60s something you know around that time period and you know, so people are, you know, the, the first group that they introduce, you know, it's a, a young boy who has wandering thoughts. You've got, 
an older gentleman losing his memory. Then you've got uh, a lesbian woman, and uh, that's a mental illness apparently back then. <laughs> and, uh, you know, another woman who was an opera singer and just kind of melancholy because she misses her job. Well, the, the course of treatment for all four of them was a lumbotomy. Oh, <laughs> well, just skip right to that. <laughs> yes. but it just it just blows my mind that it was just handled in such a terrible and terrifying way back then. And even even recently, you know, like um, um, we're just finally getting a push here in Canada to um, make uh, conversion therapy for gay people illegal. Right. Which is like incredible that that that's a movement right now yeah that that's we have awesome. to address this today yeah. yeah in 2020 yeah right uh, like when i see those those headlines in those articles i'm just like why is that a thing like are you for real like i like like that's so so in it's so crazy to, to see that that happens and it's really sad for those men and women young men and women who go have to go through that because yeah. they're forced to mm-hmm you know, or, or they, they're, they're made to believe that they want to. And that's really, really sad. Yeah. The stories I've heard of, um, you know, young men at uh, Brigham Young University in Utah, Mm -hmm. of course, it's a Mormon run university and the treatments that they were carrying out on young men as recently as less than 10 years ago, you know, where they would uh, hook electrodes up to their genitals and, and show them pornography i wish people could see my face right now <laughs> it's like wait, what is that like what and if they and if they you know when they would show them you know pornography of men they would give them a jolt like is there science behind that <laughs> no there's no like, science I, behind I, that. Right? of course not <laughs> I, that's like but who just decided to try that out <laughs> some perverted well, let's give and this psychotic a individual maybe this will work like <laughs> that's just that's so terrible yeah but you know there's just so much happening and it, it really does show that um, yes, we have come very far, mm-hmm. but we still have ways to go to um, not only you know stand up for those young people that don't have a voice mm-hmm. um, and really don't have any rights for something like that. A parent can send your kid to that and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. You know, that's why we're having to rely on cities to impose those laws because the province and, and others aren't. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, yeah. have you seen, you know, in your progression through your life, um, you know, have, have you experienced anything where you've seen a change or a, a shift in how people, you know, within your family or yourself with your mental health? Oh, Jared, how much time do we have? We got, we got <laughs> as much time as you need, my friend. Yeah. So that's, um, yeah, I hope that this, what I'm about to like explain and say is on topic. I, I feel like it is based on that question, but so I like I grew up in uh, southern Saskatchewan in a super small town. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Okotoks, they're like, Okotoks is a small town. I'm like, okay, you guys got a Costco and there's like yeah. 30,000 people here. Yeah. Uh, my town's 2000 people and it's still it's still home. I was just there for Thanksgiving. Like it's my community. It's where I come from. And it's uh, it's it's home. It's always going to be home to me. Right. Um, but I, I like I didn't know if you knew this, but I'm gay. I'm like an openly gay male. Okay. And there's a lot of challenges that come with that growing up in a town of 2000 people in Southern Saskatchewan when there's no other gay people around. Right. So, I mean, growing up there, it was home and it is home and I love it there. And I still have so many friends there and it's so fantastic. And 
I, I decided after graduation to not go to school right away because I had didn't really have a clear vision as to what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stayed back for a year, two years, and I worked just in the community. And it really bonded a lot of my relationships that I still have there today, right? Because it was my life for, for so long and my parents were there. And it's just, it, it was definitely a challenge mental health wise to grow up in this community where everybody is straight (laughs) or so I was led to believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, I mean, that's really, that's challenging for me because you you just feel like you can't ever be comfortable with who you really are. Right. And it's really sad. And I see it like in people, you know, from that community or from small communities that I'll have a conversation with. And I'm like, pretty sure that person's gay, but like, I'm not going to ask and I'm not going to judge. Like I have no judgment. Mm -hmm. Like it's all good. Like live your life. But it's like, dude, like if you just accepted that, like you would, it would, you'd be so, so happy. I'm sure there's forward. this incredible fight going on in their mind that, oh, I want to be honest and open and yeah. be accepted, but I'm terrified that I'll be ostracized. I won't be accepted. You know, like we've had, whether it's Tom, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was Daxon, mm-hmm. you know, these very similar things where they did not feel I don't know if it's like physically safe, but emotionally safe yeah. to come out while they were in high school. And, but like, the thing is you're in high school, you're 17 years old. Yeah. Like, you're just like, you're just a baby. You're just starting out. Right. And we're, I mean, we're talking about con- like conversion therapy and like, honestly, there were so many nights in high school that I'd lie in bed and I close my eyes and I'd be like, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be straight. <laughs> like That's how this is going to go for me. Right. And yeah. obviously that would never happen. Right. So I just think it takes like, an understanding of who you are as a person and also like mental health, I, I really believe is, is derived from your experiences in your throughout your entire life. Yeah. Right. Like for me growing up in a small town that was rather conservative and, you know, not being out in high school and like my, my, my guy friends who are still my, my really good friends today, like saying things to me like, Oh, how come you don't like ever like have a girlfriend or like, you know, what's going on? And it, it just, I don't know, you just, I'm picky and you have yeah. all of those like excuses <laughs> and those things that you tell people. And it's, it's like thinking back on that, like, I was like, man, I just wish I would have just came out when I was in grade five, <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? And then it would just would have been like, that would have changed my entire life up until this point. Right. Was that exhausting? It's so exhausting to try to like put up an act and try to, you know, convince people that you like, girls and you really don't and it's 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 tiring and then there's of course the like i mean after i got into high school people like were obviously figuring that out but no one would ever like bring it up to me or say anything to me which at the time i was like never asking me about this but now looking back on it i'm like i wish someone just would have like would have made it a little easier for me i mean who knows how that would have affected my mental health if that was the case but in hindsight um so yeah it's really tiring and you're trying to like convince even like your friends that are males like i have like no attraction to you i'm just letting you know that like i i just i'm your friend i'll be your friend forever and that's like that's it and men have a hard time with that some do yeah because because to them you know um the you know male straight man that's this idea that they're always horny totally interested in you know everyone and everything yeah which isn't true and everyone's interested in them yeah and you're like "Mm." of course every guy's gonna want me (laughs) yeah it's like dude be flattered (laughs) seriously (laughs) 
That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's, it's definitely really heavy and it weighs yeah. on you like a, like a lot. Right. So then I went to uh, school in Saskatoon for broadcasting and that was awesome. Great experience. I lived with four, four, four or five, four of us from high school. We all lived together in the same house. It was great. We'd go to, you know, bars and clubs and like all this kind of stuff. And then I mean, obviously, like I wasn't bringing girls home ever and they were, but I wasn't. And it just was like talked about a little bit. But like I would always just honestly, I've done this so many times in my life. Someone's like literally talking about me and I just pretend like I didn't hear him. Like I like I'm right here. I heard you, (laughs) you know. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that's really like super challenging. And they're not being mean. Like they're just literally talking about like their experience of the night and then wondering how come I didn't have a similar experience as a so-called quotation straight male. Right. And that's hard for a lot of people. Right. I I dealt with that surprisingly well. I'm like, I think back on that and I'm like, I can't believe I wasn't in a, in a worse state mentally when all that was happening and that was going on. I definitely have my, had my moments, but I definitely, I just try to stay really positive about everything. And then I moved to Estevan, Saskatchewan. I got my first radio job there. I was there for a couple years. A great, but I mean, still technically closeted. And I didn't really come out to anybody until I moved to Okotoks oh, okay. in 2013. So I'd have been like 24. Wow. 20, yeah, just turned 24. Yeah. So that's like, I mean, that's a lot. That's heavy. It's a lot to like hold in. And it just feels like this like dark, evil secret. And and it feels like people are going to treat you differently and that your friends are going to hate you and that, you know, and it's not, it's, that's not, that's not what happened at all. Right. Yeah. And I have had a few like people come out to me, uh, just annoying my experience. And they say to me like, oh, I'm just, I'm worried that people are going to treat me different and that I'm going to lose some friends and this is what's going to happen. And honestly, my advice to that is, yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. you're going to, you're going to yeah. lose some friends, but you know yeah. what? The ones that are truly your friends, they're still going to be there and you're going to make new friends that yeah. you don't even know about right now that are going to be the best people ever for you and your life. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot to, to hold inside for that long, that extended period of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, again, you know, we, we keep hearing again and again that the, you know, the suicide rates among um, you know, gay and transgendered kids is through the roof mm-hmm. because when you can't feel supported and accepted, you know, that's like, that's like the core, you know, essential thing to help us feel safe and loved. Mm-hmm. And when that's not there, you know, did you ever, did it ever get that dark or was your positivity and your, you know, your yeah. approach, did it protect you? Yeah, a little bit. I, I you know, just, uh, keep smiling yeah. <laughs> and just always be positive. Like that's kind of my, kind of my motto I live by. And I definitely can get into some like negative ruts or, you know, depression. And we can talk about that through COVID as well too. Cause that was a whole new experience for me when it came to mental health and depression. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like, what was your question again? Sorry. <laughs> Repeat that. <laughs> did you, you know, during that time before you came out, yeah. like, did it get, ever get dark enough that you were oh. in that same position where you contemplated suicide or no. you know, looked at it yeah. as an out? Yeah. So no, I, 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 I didn't. I never, uh, I never had that. Um, I never, I never got there, which I'm so incredibly lucky. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, I believe that potentially have the the personality and the positivity and can create, I don't know what it looks like yet, but some kind of platform that can help people just through like super honest, real experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
I mean, I can help like <clears throat> when I was telling my friends it like I told a couple friends and then I had a I had a boyfriend or I had a partner um, at the time, which definitely helped because it was just like, look at this person who's like super great and awesome. And it was just I felt like I didn't feel like I was kind of going through it alone anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I started telling some friends and some of my friends who I've known my entire life were just like, what, really? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> like, don't play me. Like, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be upset when you tell me that you knew or that you thought or that you suspected. But, but you know what? Like my best friend. Yeah. I've known him for 22 years, I think now. Yeah. Okay. And I, the first um, um, time that my current partner, Crystal and I, you know, uh, he came up with his wife and yeah. we traveled, we did a road trip for my 40th birthday across Canada and all the way out to Vancouver. So fun. And well, Chris and I were driving back, you know, they, they'd already flown home and we're driving back. And she says to me, she goes, you know, he's gay, right? And I'm like, what? Really? No, <laughs> no, really? Mm -hmm. Well, whatever. And she's like, he totally is. And I said, you know, I, I said to her, I said, I think he's he's just like me, gay in every way but the bedroom. Come on. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's just like really comfortable with himself. That's great. And she's like, you know what? I can just picture ourselves in, you know, a few years down the road. He's going to have this sweet boyfriend and we're going to go on these amazing trips. And this is going to be awesome. Hmm. And of course, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> but, Crystal knew. <laughs> but again, I so I can understand that some of your friends may not have. They might have been a, up a little it. surprised. Because yeah, to me, sure. it was just, you know, I thought Andy was a little different like me and it's totally cool. No big deal. And of course, I think for him too, being raised like a really staunch Mormon, mm -hmm. you're not even allowed to entertain that thought. So right. I think for him, he thought. You know, at times he may have thought, well, maybe I'm bi or he was a little confused, but he never, you know, really thought, oh, I'm gay. I'm closeted. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think it was until, you know, he said it wasn't until that trip that it kind of clicked where he kind of clicked and he was like, yeah. oh, and everyone's going to go through that at a different stage in time yeah. in their life. Right. I, I just find it fascinating. Yeah. Like if we like we talk about Tom, right. Yeah. Tom is super comfortable with who he is as a person. I'm je I'm jealous of that. He's not, he's a, like six years younger than I am. And at his age, I was just like telling people, Hey, I think like I'm gay, you know? Yeah. And Tom is just perfectly who he is as a person. And he has his own identity and he understands himself. And I'm just like, dude, like you've progressed with that so incredibly well. Right. Yeah. And I just, I, I think that there's just a lot that we can do to help people like that, to, to let them know that like, yeah, you're going to come out and it's going to be a couple awkward conversations, mm -hmm. but you know what? Like you're going to have di more difficult conversations in your life after the age of 2020 with people yeah. that is going to like, I trust me, I've had to have conversations with people that I'm like, I would come out a hundred times again if I never had to have that <sighs> different conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just really seemed like nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I really liked, I was listening, listening to these, um, kind of trying to catch up on a, a couple of them. And I had mentioned before we started Madison Krebs mm -hmm. and I have never, don't think I've ever met Madison, but what, what she was talking about was how, um, her parents are people too. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that's a huge, huge thing when you're telling your parents something about yourself that they don't fully understand that their reaction, like when I came out to my parents, I did it over Skype because, mm -hmm. 
I didn't know what Zoom was at the time. No, I did it over Skype and I I felt like it was a conversation that I needed to have face to face. I'm eight hours away, like I had to do this and I've been telling enough people now and it's a small town. So I was like, they're gonna find out and they have to hear it from me, right? And I remember saying to myself like, okay, whatever they say, I'm not gonna hold it against them. Like their first response to me telling them this information about myself, I'm not gonna hold it against them because they're just people. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They've never had a child come out to them before. So they don't know how to deal with like the situation, right? So I I just told, I told them, I was like, there's something I wanna tell you guys, I've known for a long time, but I'm gay. And my dad's like, oh, well, that's not very good. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dad. I know my dad's probably gonna listen to this and be like, why did you say that? But I like burst out laughing in that sense because I love my dad (laughs) and he's an amazing person. And I knew that like, he didn't know what to say. Yeah. Like, and he may be thinking about it as, oh, that's going to be difficult for you. Or That's 100% you know, it. Yeah. Nobody wants their child to have a tough life. Yeah. And in his mind, being from, you know, Southern Saskatchewan, smaller community, not a lot of gay people. There's no pride parade that I know of, maybe in Regina and Saskatoon, but not yeah. where we're from. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, like that's, you're different and potentially an outcast, right? Yeah. But then, so I, we, we finished the conversation. It went really well all is good. And then I think what they had discovered was over the past, over the next, um, like, you know, year I'd be coming home. I brought my partner home a couple of times and my friends were like all still there (laughs) and like not treating me differently at all. Mm -hmm. But for me, what I realized was, remember I was talking about in like, you know, when I was going to school in Saskatoon and my friends were making comments and I like, pretend I ignored them. Yeah. Like I'd stopped ignoring those comments and I started joking along with them yeah. because they're just, they're just my friends. Like yeah. they're always going to be there for me and I'm always going to be there for them. Right. Yeah. So that was a huge just indication that, yeah. And did I lose some friends? Uh, maybe like I, I, I always, you always kind of lose friends and gain friends as you go through life because that's, that's normal. That's anyway. super normal. You're just yeah. not in the same current situation as that person maybe they have kids and you don't or maybe they move away and you stay here and you know but it doesn't mean that you don't love them any less they're just not currently in your life well and if you're going to lose a friend over telling him who you really are yeah then that's probably a friend you don't mind losing like you didn't need them (laughs) (laughs) they were gone yeah (laughs) totally (laughs) totally so yeah that's like that's just heavy right like it's a lot to keep inside and i just think that when we start to really focus on mental health and covid and the unknown like it's so incredibly unknown right now for people yeah and no one has the answers and people are just trying to do their best right now and i think that all of that like needs to be celebrated right Mm -hmm. i try my hardest for my own mental health to like uh, like I, I use social media for work, but as far as like personal, like, Oh, I try really hard, man. Yeah. Like one thing I had to do with Facebook is, (laughs) and again, everyone who's, who knows me, (laughs) who's a friend of mine on Facebook is going to know the truth. Now I don't follow anyone on Facebook. Like you just, you don't actually see their content. I don't see anyone's content. Like they're my friends. I have it so I can communicate through messenger or, um, Crystal puts up a lot of stuff and she tags me in it. Mm. And so I use Facebook as a journal. Yeah. So every day I can go back and see what we did on that day. Totally. But, um, get a good memory makes you feel good inside. Yeah. Yeah. Like one thing I really learned from COVID, you know, let's get into this topic. Um, I was watching Facebook. And what I noticed is my friends that were introverts were loving it and doing great. My friends that were extroverts were having a hell of a time. There it is tough. And they were, um, you know, people that I never would have expected 
uh, followed routes that their mental health had to go. Mm -hmm. So um, they're cooped up. They're not doing well. They're getting squirrely. It's really hard. So they want things to open up. Right. And so they start seeing things that confirm their bias that this shouldn't be happening. And so they accept and start believing in things that a year ago they would never Never have, 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 have believed or bought into, totally. but because they're struggling so much and they're having a hard time, mm -hmm. they want to believe those things because it confirms and reinforces the need for things to open up. Totally. And when I saw that, you, then, yeah. then I started judging my friends totally. and I'm like, I love, I love these people in person. I just, for some of them, I have a hard time with them online. Yeah. So I need to, I need to take that away. Totally. And I, like, I discovered the snooze button during COVID and oh. I, it's great. If I'm going through <laughs> Facebook and something, it doesn't matter. It could be the mood I'm in. Uh -huh. Someone could put a, post a picture of their morning coffee. Like I have no idea, like whatever it is. And I'm just like, that is triggering me today for, I don't know why I have no reason why that, that picture is triggering me or that person is or whatever snooze. Yeah. And you don't see so, him for 30 days. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah, don't yeah, see yeah. any other content. And it's mm -hmm. just like, you just, People, I think that through Facebook and this like keyboard warrior culture that has, you know, slowly been developing, but COVID kind of yeah. pushed it over the top, mm -hmm. that they're using it as this platform to reach all these people. But it's like, okay, how many people are you actually reaching with that platform? And yeah. what's like, what's your, what's your purpose? Like, what's the intent? Like, I, I'm an admin of a Facebook page called Southern Alberta Commutes, which I started, um, Oh, I did. Someone started, then I started admitting it when I was working at the Eagle because I was doing traffic reports all the time. And I'm still in the admin of that page. And I, you know, I follow it and I moderate it and all that kind of stuff. Just, I don't know, it's something I do. Um, so yeah, so a couple days ago, I saw that we we're supposed to get some snow in Okotoks. So I posted a picture of the, um, the forecast and I was like, here's the Okotoks forecast. Snow's coming. Make sure to book your winter tire appointment. Triggered, Jared. I had people like 45 comments people like arguing like calling each other the meanest things ever because people were so opinionated about winter tires it's like what, oh what my is, why you gotta why you gotta why you gotta be like that like yeah. just it's all good if you want winter tires great put them on if you yeah. don't then like don't just don't put them on yeah. you don't have to tell everybody <laughs> like it's okay <laughs> sorry oh my goodness. but i just was like reading that yesterday and i was yeah. like why is this causing so much stress and anxiety for people right now a picture of the weather forecast and a reminder about winter tires <laughs> so let's take a breath <laughs> I, I think too it's because we're struggling and having a hard time mm -hmm. and we're putting ourselves in our head like ours because again i i try to explain this to patients that your um your brain does not know the difference between what you imagine, what you dream, and what you experience. It's all the same to your brain, and it responds in the same way. So when you think of something anxiety-ridden, you are going to trigger that fight-or-flight response, and you're going to be flooded with adrenaline. Now, you're going to have a panic attack, or you're going to attack someone else. Mm -hmm. And Facebook is this like free-for-all tool for you to attack total strangers and let out that adrenaline and that stress. And it to be okay. Yeah. And to gain a following of other people that are potentially in that same moment. Like yeah. that's, it's really toxic. Yeah. I mean, it's great for work. It's great for, for promotion and engagement. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, Tanya Ryan was talking about um, some um, like maternity podcasts that are not podcasts, Facebook groups that she was a yeah. part of and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like if you find that community in there, that's full of love and support, then totally grab it and hold on to that. But if you're going to Facebook to get triggered or to, to respond to some like, 
70 year old lady that wants you to put on winter <laughs> tires. Like just what's the point? Like, yeah. you know, so I find that like when you ask about the state of mental health in the world, I'm just like, well, if we could all just uh, stop doing that, that would be, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, it's this, um, like you said, people really think they're actually, um, you know, swaying someone in some way by their opinions or the things they post or the things they say, you're not changing anyone's opinion. No, you're not, you know, bringing the truth and the light to someone by posting about QAnon or, you know, veganism or whatever it is. You know, it's, it's definitely, we've learned it's a platform that reinforces your biases. It's not a platform that helps people change. It's a hundred percent. And I think that with, the, um, I haven't listened to, uh, uh Tim Cortez yet, but oh, yeah. I'm very excited for that one. Yeah. It's next on my list, but mm-hmm. I read a little description that you had posted about that podcast and yeah. you were talking to him about religion yeah. and he's Christian. Yeah. He's a Christian, Christian pastor. Yeah. And you're an atheist. Yeah. Right. So I think that's so cool that you guys can both sit there and have that conversation yeah. with completely opposing views, but take it in the mindset that you're just going to like learn something from him yeah. about his belief. Yeah. You're not trying to, you're not going to try to persuade him. You're not going to try to like educate him to the point that he's convinced that he's now an atheist. Like that's not the point. The point is just to have a conversation with someone about their belief system yeah. or what they believe in, not even religion, but anything. Mm-hmm. And let's just like, you know, this person believes this because of this. And if yeah. you don't agree with that, that's okay. But you don't have to like, flip them off and write up, write them a bad thing on the internet. Like, it's yeah. just like, it's, you can learn from those people. We're all different with different experiences and different beliefs. Yeah. And if someone were to question like my, my belief, and I'm very, I'm very similar to you. Um, I like, don't try to convince me uh, of anything different, but I'm more than happy to listen to you uh, as to why, why you believe in what you believe. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting too, when you think of like, being an atheist now isn't mm-hmm. as terrible as, say, being a Trump supporter or a Trudeau supporter. Right. Those two things yeah. seem to grate more ire on the internet than being an atheist. Where there's countries, if I go to and they know I'm an atheist, I could be killed. Totally. You know, and it used to be something that you were ostracized by the community if you were actually open and said, yeah, I don't believe in God. Right. You know, especially in this community you think it would be more of a problem. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be. Yeah, because because but that's that's your mindset on it, Jared. Like yeah. you're you're not saying, I don't believe in God. And if you do, you're dumb. Yeah. You're not saying that at all. You're saying, I don't believe in God. If you do, man, what what whatever whatever gives you peace and whatever allows you to meditate and whatever gets you the ability to find that inner understanding of yourself run with that. You need to run with that. And tell me about it. I want to know how you pray at night. I want to know what you do. And am I going to try that? Probably not, but I'm still super interested in learning about your experience and what, what, who you are as a person. Yeah. I think that's the thing that we're missing in these discussions. And of course, you know, you know, I have 4,500 patients Mm -hmm. and more than half of those, you would be surprised, you know, think, oh, acupuncture, everyone's going to be very, you know, left leaning, very liberal, Mm -hmm. but majority of my patients are right leaning. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of them support Trump, you know, and all this stuff. And I think what's happening is people are like, oh, well, you support Trudeau, you're an idiot, right? Or you support Trump, you're, you must be an evil or dumb person. Yeah. What I've, and having these discussions with patients about it, one thing that I, 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 you know, I've come to understand is, you know, 
there's very few of these people that support Trump for being Trump. There's, um, you know, usually it's only one or two points that are, they're very passionate about mm -hmm. that mean a lot to them, that have, they've allowed those points to become a huge part of their um, belief system, belief and yeah. their identity. Yeah. I always think we have to really separate the difference between your beliefs and your, your identity. Mm -hmm. Your, your identity cannot be your beliefs because right. then your beliefs can't change. Because you don't want yourself to change. Totally. You know, so I try to help people to understand. And, and when I have these discussions, you know, it's, you know, there's there's one thing that they feel Trump is doing that reinforces that thing that they're passionate about or means a lot to them. And that's why they're supporting him. The same way why people support Trudeau. Mm. You know, like I'm a very left-leaning person, but I think often that Trudeau has a blind spot for what it's like to be a you know, an average Canadian and some of the decisions he makes that look optically terrible. Right. You know, when it comes to corruption and all of this stuff. Totally. Where I don't think in his mind, he thinks he's no, but just, how, just like Trump doesn't think he's doing bad. things. Totally. But how does the everyday average Canadian like you and I, yeah. how do we perceive that? Because yeah. it's different. Like, like I, I want to assume that I don't, I, want, I don't want to say this, but I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. I want to assume that like all these leaders, you know, Trump, Trudeau, Kenny, I mean, mm -hmm. Stephen Harper, like all these people, I want to assume that they have the best intentions. <laughs> like their intentions are not bad. They yeah. want to, they're trying to do the best they can for their country, right? But it, it, you get so you get so off base when you don't have the same experiences that we as everyday Canadian ha has, right? And you can honestly, like po politics aside, I'm when you can even think of like, I don't know, like Justin Bieber, he's a Canadian, right? And his life is totally, like, he did not have the same growing ups that I had, right? Mm -hmm. I bet he wish he did, yeah. <laughs> had certain aspects, right? Oh yeah. You know, so it's just it, it, like, it really comes down to like, part of my biggest belief is your past experiences and how that affects the person that you are today. Oh yeah, huge. And, it, and if, you're, if you're a shitty person today, then okay, you can still change who you are, right? You can still do certain things, meditate, try to relax. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm not a professional, but I think if you, you know, if you're not happy with yourself and who you are as a person and it's starting to affect your mental health, well, it's time to switch things up a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know what that looks like because everyone's going to be unique and different. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I hope that made sense with the, well, it <laughs> with does. The, the, like I know for myself, yeah. you know, I'm raised staunch Mormon. I had very negative views on gay people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we were taught that, you know, they must have been molested or something. Totally. Their um, deviants, whatever. Yeah. And that this is a choice. They're not born this way. All these things that I was taught. Yeah. And like, I even remember talking to someone that I respect and saying, you know, that she was asking me about, she's being really nice about, you know, okay, well, what do Mormons believe? Because she was gay. And I said this really hurtful thing that now I recognize as hurtful. Yeah. Where I'd said, well, you know, we in the Mormon church, we look at homosexuality as any sin. You know, whether you're an alcoholic or whatever, you know, that's the sin you struggle with. And doesn't mean that you're not a good person, but, you know, this that's the sin God has given you to, to struggle with. Yeah. And, you know, in the Mormon mind, that that doesn't it, seem hurtful no but there but in the mormon mind from my understanding of what yeah. you're saying it's like alcoholism and homosexuality are the same thing but they're <laughs> not because one you can 
I don't, I don't want to say cure, but like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like one is a, is a disease. Yeah. yeah. One is just who you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're born that way. Yeah. And so to, to be that who I was then and, you know, a lot of hurtful negative views, um, and very judgy, all these things. And then in my, uh, thirties, my thirties to kind of wake up and realize I'm not happy. Yeah. This isn't who I am. I, I don't really enjoy going to church. Why am I struggling through all of this, trying to be this person who I'm not? And taking those first steps just opened my mind up to view things in a different way where I was like, oh, well, you know, because again, we're taught the only happy people on the planet are Mormons. Right. And I'm like, everyone else is way happier than I was. <laughs> like I'm looking around and like, this looks like people are having a good time. So. And Mormons aren't a very <laughs> particularly happy people. Yeah. yeah. They're good at pretending to be happy. Yeah. And, but, but I mean, struggle. but that's again, I, in my belief system, I don't like, I have no judgment for that either. Yeah. That's how they grew up. And exactly. I mean, this is a really big Mormon community and I know a lot and they're awesome people. Yeah. Like they're so great. Whether they agree with my sexuality or not, they're the type of people that aren't going to try to persuade me to change or persuade me to be Mormon. Like they're just, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it, that's almost like an extreme view when it comes to that, like pers persuasion um, attitude when it comes to your religious belief systems yeah. or your like sexuality beliefs or just your really beliefs on ev everything. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's like, um, like even with social media, it's almost like an evolution of like a follower culture where it's, you know, it's, it's kind of culty to be on like not, not Mormons, but social media mm -hmm. is what I'm getting at is that people, they, you know, back in the day, it was all about how many followers can your church get? How many followers can you get? Well, how familiar yeah. does that sound when it comes to this aspect of social media right now? It's all it, about it's your new views religion. and yeah. your followers. And you know what? I don't post very often on socials. When I do, I typically get like, I don't know, a hundred ish likes on it, like personally, right? Yeah. I mean, it makes me feel good. I don't know. It's, it makes yeah. me excited. I don't do it very often. Uh -huh. Maybe like once a month I'll post something yeah. and I'll get some good response to it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't do it for the response. I do it because it's either something funny or I, maybe I think clever or I want my mom to see it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's more so, more so where yeah. it's at. But, yeah. but again, I, I look at it as if I can change, mm -hmm. if I can be that person that can you know, uh, let go of my past, let go of that person who I cultivated for over 30 years, right. who I invested a lot of time and belief and energy into and to cast away what I felt was my identity. And then I realized, oh, no, those are just things I believe. That's not who I am. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I can embrace who I am. You know, it just gives me so much hope that, you know, the other people out there that I know are struggling or are in a, a place of judgment or hate or whatever, it's just like, you know, they're because when we when we're upset and very emotional, it's a deep part of us calling out for help. Yeah. And it just lets it's I see that as people who who want help, don't know how to get it, don't know how to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And but I do see them as potential people to let go of a lot of that pain and 
you know, embrace who they really are. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%, right? And sometimes, I mean, especially in the position that I've, positions that I've had in my life, my professional career, like sometimes it feels very personal and it feels like they're actually like straight up attacking me as a person, right? Mm-hmm. When I, I, I take, sometimes I just take a deep breath and I think back and I say, okay, what was the reason for that comment or that look or that yeah. post? Like I'm, I'm just, I'm confused. And then I just think like, well, Maybe it's actually not me personally that there, maybe it's something deeper that I just really don't uh, fully understand, right? Mm-hmm. And I learned this in one of our, um, uh, through COVID, the, the the chamber along with a bunch of other organizations in town got together and we did this um, eight-week mental health seminar. I saw that during it. It was so great. Good. good for you. Yeah, I loved it. It was like a really good eye-opener for me on mental health and gave me a lot of like tricks and tools to use mm-hmm. um, to deal with my own kind of issues through COVID. I mean, we all had issues it, through COVID, It's right? one of the things that spurred this. Really? Seeing you post about those things, I was just like, yeah, that's what we need. We need more of that. That's awesome. So then I, I, I if this is this. a byproduct from that, I'm mm-hmm. all in. That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> uh, one of the teachings in that session was, you know, um, basically, I'm trying to remember it like word for word, and I won't be able to, but it was kind of like, you know, people don't wake up. Like, I don't wake up in the morning and think, I'm going to be a total asshole today. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to piss everybody off and that's what I'm going to do. Nobody does that, no, do they? I hope, no. I sure hope not, right? Yeah. It's just th- they're dealing with something, you're dealing with something, and then throughout your day, your paths cross, and then it's just like a a mess, right? Yeah. Like, and that's what happens. But people like literally don't wake up and say, I'm going to be super mean to Jamie today. That's my plan, right? It, they don't. And mm-hmm. I, I often think back on that, like, hey, you know what? This person potentially I had an issue with or, or whatever. I'm not just even now throughout my whole life. Mm-hmm. I think back on that. And I think they didn't wake up in the morning and was just like, I hate him today. So yeah. let's be super mean to him. <laughs> but that's not their intention. It's just how it was when your paths cross, yeah. right? I think too, it's some people, uh, I, I often call them mirrors. They mirror whatever anyone shows them. So if someone's nice, they're nice. Mm-hmm. If someone's being a dick, they're a dick right back. Totally. If someone's grumpy, they're grumpy. And yeah. it's a lot of it is because they, I describe them as reactors. Mm-hmm. There's responders and reactors. In the course, I talk about this, about how there's, you know, we don't want any more nuclear reactors. We want first responders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's uh, stimulus. And then, so something happens in our life. Our brain interprets that st- stimulus, goes through our catalog in our brain of, okay, when this happens, how do I respond? What, what usually happens? And then it makes a guess on how you should respond to this stimulus. Mm-hmm. And then it tells you uh, 20 minutes later how you actually should have responded to the exactly. stimulus. Is that right? Exactly. Oh, I was just trying to be funny. No, yeah. seriously. <laughs> That's because, awesome. So if, I would say like there's, a, there's, a, there's this gap between that stimulus and that response. And if you don't have a gap, you react right to everything that comes to your life. Yeah. And you just, or you mirror what comes. If you spend time, uh, you know, with your own mind and, you know, in the moment, you can increase that gap so that when that stimulus comes, you can interpret that situation and respond the way you want to respond. But when we don't spend time in that place, like I just finished uh, reading a book on digital minimalism. And about how um, really one of the most important things in, in our lives. And it came up in three books I've been reading lately about uh, these concepts. And the one thing it says again and again and again is 
we don't spend enough time anymore with our own thoughts. Mm -hmm. We are constantly being bombarded by everyone else's thoughts and ideas and messages. Totally. So whether that's with YouTube or, you know, Twitter or Facebook or the movies you're watching or the game you're watching from when you get up, you listen to the radio, whatever, someone else's ideas and opinions are being pushed upon you. Mm -hmm. And when you spend too much time in that, you lose contact with your own identity and your own moment and who you are and how you want to respond in the world. And so you just, you're, if you're upset and you're not in the moment, you're going to react. If you know, someone's nice, you're going to be nice. You're, you're going to do what you think you're supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. rather than responding based off who you are. Right. And we need to let go of some of these things and put some time aside for us to get reacquainted with who we are yeah, and what's important to us. And I'm like, I'm guilty for that a hundred thousand percent. Like I spend way too much time on my phone through going through Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Like I, and I'm always being bombarded by people. And then you get a perception of what your life potentially should look like. And it's this very like storybook perception, whether it's like, you know, I'm a male, I'm 31, I should probably be married with three kids by now, or like (laughs) I should have abs and be TikTok famous. Like it it gives you a false sense of like your actual surroundings. And Mm -hmm. mm, I don't want to say like what you're capable of, because if your goal in life is to like be TikTok famous or to, you know, get married and have three kids, great, like go for that, right? But yeah, I, I recently saw this, a friend sent me this thing and it said something along the lines of like, there's 8 billion people in this world and you are like not behind. Like you're not ahead, like not everyone can follow a perfect path and a perfect pattern Mm -hmm. and everyone's going to deal with things at a different time in their life at a different phase. And it's just, you're just right where you're supposed to be. And I, that like, honestly, I, I, that really spoke to me because I was Mm -hmm. like, dude, first of all, thanks for sending me that right when I needed it the most. And second of all, you're totally right. Do I feel behind in life? I mean, maybe a little, like I just got out of a really long relationship which was definitely a challenge, especially during COVID. Like I, I'm, I'm 31. I'm like, man, I should totally, you know, a lot of all my other friends are basically married with children and I'm just chilling, you know? Yeah. So, but it just made me realize like, no, I'm not behind. And when it's time for that to happen for me, if that is supposed to happen for me, it'll happen for me. Yeah. Ask, I put myself out there, put Good it out to the you. universe. Right. Yeah. 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 There's some gorgeous guy listening right now. Oh, be like, Oh, who is that guy? Yeah, you can find me (laughs) on Tinder. (laughs) So tell me about your COVID experience. Oh, buddy, that was a that was a journey. So I yeah, I was in Vietnam February. I got home February 28th. So, oh, my goodness, I was on a journey. No, I was I was only there for a couple of weeks. We obviously knew of the pandemic when we were going. um, But at the time, like. Not there was nothing really. It was like just you know wash your hands, right? Like I was in Miami at that time during you know, coming coming home from Miami around that same time in February. Yeah, you know, thinking is this going to be a problem? Yeah, <laughs> is like, this thing going to get big? It's going to be an Let's issue. Get home. 
Yeah. yeah. So I go to, I go to Vietnam. I like come back. Yeah. Like, so my, I was supposed to, my, one of my best friends got married, uh, in September and for her stay at, we were supposed to go to Vegas, which is awesome. So like tickets booked, we're going in April, like this is happening. And she called me on like a Monday and she's like, okay, like I've been just kind of watching. I don't really watch the news a lot, but I've been checking out this COVID stuff. Like, what do you think? And I was like, oh buddy, like just relax. Everyone's overreacting. This is not going to be in a thing. It's not going to be an issue. And then two days later I called her and I'm like, yeah, so we're probably not going to go. Like it just escalated so quickly. Right. Yeah. But so I got home from Vietnam. When I got home, there wasn't even a requirement to isolate. Like I didn't have to ice and anyone who left pretty much after March, like 14th or 15th, like mm -hmm. it was like, you can't leave your house for two weeks. You have to isolate. And then we were pretty much all thrown into a lockdown after that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I remember being at work and the um, ladies with that worked for Community Futures, they were like packing up their stuff. And I was like, what are you guys doing? And she's like, we're going to start working from home. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll do that, too. So I packed up my computer, set up a little desk at my kitchen table and I started working from home. And um, that first week was so hard because I had no idea what to do. Like I'm used to the year as my third year with the organization. So I'm used to the year going a certain way and like income coming in at a certain time mm -hmm. and certain things happening and like doing like the monthly luncheons and all that kind of stuff. So, and I, I'm talking really professionally right now in the sense that I'm just, I just the type of person that no matter what job I have, like I just assume the identity of that role yeah. and that position. Right. And I understand that it's hard to separate me from my, my role in the community. I, at, the, at the Eagle, my current role at the chamber. And I just get it. Like, I, I absolutely, I like understand that that's how it's, um, that's how it is with the type of community stakeholder role that you have. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, and not just for community stakeholders, but for business owners, like all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're a, a you know, doctor in the community. So you're going to be, I don't say you have to be careful, but you know, people are going to perceive you a certain way because of that role. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah. so uh, I'm at home. I spent a week like working but like twiddling my thumbs and i remember my first zoom call at call i was like do i have to turn my camera on and they're like no you don't have to and then i spent seven months with nothing but zoom calls with my camera on um but yeah i was like i don't know what to do and i felt like i was getting like held back a little bit and i like i just was like okay i gotta do something like i have to just try literally anything i don't know what it is so i started to i like, took a breath I started to get creative. I started to come up with some concepts and some, some ideas for the organization that would help us not even generate revenue, but just keep people engaged. Um, it, it, I mean, it definitely worked. We did have uh, some pretty successful like online events and forums and things like that that were engaging and interesting. And the mental health session started up, which was fantastic. And mm -hmm. it really just kind of took off from there. But that first week, there was just so much unknown. And it was so scary because I didn't know I didn't know what to do. I like, I didn't know what to do and no one could tell me the answers. And mm -hmm. right now in my current role with the organization, if I ever get to a point where I'm like, I'm not sure what to do with this information or what to do here. Great. I have like an executive team to go to and a board of directors to be like, all right, guys, like, how should we deal with this? Right. And at that moment I was like, they're all busy because <laughs> they're trying to figure out what to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So that first week was really tough. And then I spent about two months of quarantine, like not hating it. I mean, I was working from home. I was, wasn't was spending a dime because, I mean, I mean uh, groceries and stuff like that, right? But as far as like going out to hockey games or things like that, mm -hmm. like not, nothing was happening. So yeah. I was saving some money and I was like, oh, this is great. Then 
the summer started to come <laughs> and May started to roll around and it started to get nicer outside. And I'm not going to lie, I got super homesick. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I miss my mom, man. Like this is, I, I haven't been home in six months and I'm usually home every couple months or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So I'm like, this is tough. And then in Southern Saskatchewan, it, COVID was a lot different there and still is a lot different there. Like, Probably had really low numbers. Yeah, because they're social distanced all the time anyway. Like yeah. the town's 2,000 people, right? Yeah. <laughs> like like they would have, a, an outbreak would be declared if they had one case. Like yeah. that's just because of the, the population, right? Yeah. So it was just a little, it was different there, right? And then they finally had opened up the asymptomatic testing. Um, but I mean, prior to that, I was in a really bad place. Like I, I, I didn't, I was depressed and really depressed for the first time ever. I didn't want to engage with like my partner. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I I just, I worked, my days were fine at work. And I think that it would even be surprising to some of the people that I'm talking about that I was Zooming with and all that kind of stuff. If they knew, like I was going through a lot mentally, right? Mm -hmm. The gyms, I'm used to going to the gym three, four days a week. That was closed. Like I didn't know what to do. And I'm seeing all my friends like having so much fun and living their life. And it's like May long weekend rolls around and I'm just chilling here because- you know, it was, it was really hard. I, was, I felt like left out. I felt really homesick. I, I mean, I could see I'm an only child as well, too. So I could see it like affecting my parents a little bit. And it was just uh, it was really wasn't great. It wasn't a great headspace to be in. So what I started doing and I didn't even realize how much it would help me at the time, but I started playing guitar because so I got a guitar when I was 16 and then I literally just lugged it around for me for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe once I learned one like little chord and that was it. But I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, maybe I can start like playing guitar. So I started playing. I was terrible and I'm still terrible, but it was a release. And it was something that I could just do by myself mm-hmm. where no one would, could, no one could, no one would talk to me. Yeah. Like I could just sit there outside and play guitar. And I started to see progression in that. And I was like, I'm getting better. Like mm-hmm. I know three chords now. I can almost play something that sounds like wagon wheel. Like this yeah. is a thing. Like I'm learning this yeah. this instrument, and that was like a bit of um, a shining hope for for me was that. And I I don't I don't really play as much as I should right now, but I started to develop calluses and I started to channel that depression into that right. Um, and I started running, which I had always had hated and was never good at. But I just started running and it was the best thing. Even before I came here today, I was like, hey, I'll be there at seven. I'm going for a run because yeah. I want to clear my head before yeah. I talk about all this stuff because it definitely helps just clear your mind. You got, you got your tunes going. You got, you know, like I, when I run, I probably look like I'm dancing, like a dance run because I'm just <laughs> grooving. It. And it puts me in such a good headspace and it's such a, it's such a reset, right? And then after all of that, so it would have been... August, August August-ish, then I went through the breakup, which was so challenging. Like, like it was so hard. Like I said, I'd rather come out a hundred times and ever have to do that again. That was the hardest thing ever. And I, was it the right decision? I still really don't know, but I just know right now that I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm running a lot. Like still, like I'm, I'm, I'm running, trying to run about 15 miles a week, which I'm like happy with that. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I just feel like I'm kind of in my zone. I'm in my groove. I've been really enjoying reconnecting with the Okotoks community, um, making more friends here. And it's just kind of feels like home, which is weird for me to say, because Southern Saskatchewan's always been my home. And for the first time, I like, I feel like this is my hometown. Like it's not, but it, it's how I, it's how, it's how I'm feeling right now. It's home now. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm sleeping way better. Like I wasn't sleeping at night and that 
is really going to make you go down fast, right? Yeah. That's a dirty one is sleep. Yeah. Can we talk about sleep? for? What do you know about sleep? Because holy, <laughs> I, like. Well, the problem with, you know, especially with insomnia. Yeah. Is you're already fatigued, mm. right? You're having a hard time settling. And then, so like in Chinese medicine, if you have a difficulty falling asleep, mm-hmm. that's heart issues. Not necessarily mean there's something wrong with your heart, but in Chinese medicine, there's the concept of the Shen. So Shen is like the, the spirit mind, okay? Right. It moves throughout the body during the day and it rests within the heart at night. The heart is like its bed. The Shen is like the princess and the pea. Everything has to be perfect. Okay, so you need enough yin and blood. This is the nourishing, you know, all the stuff to make the bed nice and soft. So if you are stressed out, anxiety, overworked, overstressed, you're not going to have that soft bed. Princess and the pea can't settle. And so your mind is literally racing. Yeah. Right. It is moving around. If you can get to sleep, but you're waking up at 3 a.m., that's the liver. Oh. And that's like, uh, that's the decision maker. So you wake up in the middle of the night, all these big decisions that are floating around your head. Uh, emotionally, it's like anger, frustration, irritability, all of that. So all the things that have pissed you off mm-hmm. have all come to the front of your head in the middle of the night. And then you're just going through all these things and you just can't shut that down. You know, usually once we shift uh, through lung, then you get in around 5 a.m. People can fall back asleep. Yeah. <laughs> But that like pretty that, screwed at that point. That like that honestly seems to make so much sense to me, especially with the heart and not being able to fall asleep because you're dealing with something emotionally. Yeah. And I mean, with COVID, it was definitely emotional for everybody. But with that cer- certain like situation I was going through, like that was it was affecting my sleep, which then the next day was affecting my mental health. Yes. And that's is so important. But like, how, like, like the worst thing you can do is try to think of falling asleep when you're going to, like yeah. you lie in bed. You're like, all right, just go to sleep. And then that'll never happen, right? I started reading. I read a couple books, uh, like reading for fun as opposed to, like I read just some like cheesy crime novels uh-huh. just because, I don't know, because it was it was just totally not what I'm used to reading, mm-hmm. which is like more so. So you're not as invested. So Yeah, you, like if I'm yeah. like the last book I read prior to the, the crime novel that I read during COVID was like, the, it was called the 10 minute or the one minute manager. Yes. And it was all about like managerial yeah. skills. I read a couple of books on like board, how to like run a good board of directors, yeah. like stuff like that. Right. And it's always been more so for professional development, but never mm-hmm. for fun. Yeah. So I started doing that. And then I like crushed that book in like four days. Cause I was doing that at night when I couldn't sleep, mm-hmm. but it was still busying my mind enough that I wasn't thinking about all these stresses and anxieties. And I was allowing myself to, to just shut it off. Yeah for a minute. And that's what I find also going back to Saskatchewan and going home. Like every time I go, like it's a, it's a party. Like I, like (laughs) it's a bit, like it's a, it's a time I'm drinking with my friends. We're having a lot of fun. And then I find that I step away from my current role and my, I step away from my current mindset and my professional life for a moment. And I have some fun and I like make bad decisions and like stay up too late and all that kind of stuff. And then this always happens every time when I'm on my drive back from Saskatchewan, that like seven hour haul by myself, I get the best ideas ever. And I have a whole new understanding of the people that I have been dealing with and that their perspective, like it just takes that. Let's shut that off for a moment and let's do some, let's relax. Like yeah. the best thing I've ever learned in my professional life is you get holidays for a reason. You got to take those holidays, got to shut it off for a moment. <laughs> It's interesting, yeah, because when when you don't take those breaks, 
you know, you're constantly pounding your head into the wall over certain ideas and you can't get a fresh perspective. Yeah. When you take that break, you could find like, ah, like I know for myself with COVID, that was the first time in my memory where I had off more than 10 days off work ever. You know, like I can remember, I don't know, seven or eight years old where I had a paper every day. Mm-hmm. Like I worked every day since I was that age. Right. And, you know, there's even a period, you know, while I was living here in Okotoks where I didn't take a day off in three years straight. And because you're just, you know, in that mode. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it's, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. <laughs> I mean, but you can get into them. I think you can get into the mindset where you think it's healthy yes. because you're like, oh, I'm being so productive and yeah. like my bosses are happy with me and I'm doing so good professionally. And then you just kind of forget, especially when you're in community roles like we're in, where it kind of just becomes your life and yeah. who you are, yeah. right? You kind of just forget to take that moment and just release and whatever it is you need to do. Maybe it's like a bath and a movie or, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a trip to Lethbridge. Like I have yeah. no idea what that looks like because everyone it's going to, it's going to be different for. Right. Yeah. Um, and there should be zero judgment on whatever that person needs to do. Um, as long as they're being safe, like whatever they need yeah. to do to get that, that just step away from their current situation mm-hmm. to get a f- fresh perspective on it. Yeah. I'm a huge believer in that. Well, that's why the guitar was so effective because yeah. it's not something you're used to doing. It's something that takes a lot of focus and attention. Right. And it's a developmental skill over time. You get those rewards for the time you put into it. And we all need something like that on the side. Totally. That is not what we do every day. That is something that's a bit challenging. You know, it's a skill we're trying to learn and adapt with because like one of the great skills of like the Zen monks is they can turn anything they're doing into a meditation on the moment. So that's why they'll, uh, you know, rake the rocks or mm. wash the dishes or, you know, uh, brush the pathways. When they're doing those things, that's a meditation because they're focusing on the moment. Now, because worse, our higher brain is so developed. Like, you know, we started with this, um, you know, the reptilian brain, the, you know, the Abdullah Amagata, like that's our like uh, habit brain. That's where we, you know, uh, we're always in the moment. Right. And, now, as our higher brain developed, that's the part of the brain which is like daydreaming, problem solving, you know, thinking of the future and all this. And it was that development that allowed our you know, lower brain to just carry out habits while our higher brain was thinking and solving problems and coming up with new inventions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure you've, you know, when you're driving from Saskatchewan and you're driving on the highway and then you go all of a sudden you realize oh shit, I've been driving for like 30 minutes and I have been not paying attention. Totally. You know, like I've been looking at the road, but I've also (laughs) just been like, whoa, I just lost a gap of time. You just kind of zone out, right? Yeah. And that's because our our lower brain is so efficient. Mm -hmm. It knows the drive. It knows the skill. It takes over Mm -hmm. and the higher brain can just go somewhere else. You can pick it up. And we're so good at that, that we don't, we now we're doing it constantly. So we don't have enough time in the moment where we have to focus on detail in the moment and get things done. So when you are learning guitar for the first time or learning to knit or doing a really difficult puzzle, whatever it is, these things where you really have to focus on the moment to get it done well, um, those are the skills and the practices that we can turn into a meditation. 
to really pull us away from our thoughts and the things that distract us and stress us out and learn to, you know, really pull us into that moment. Yeah. And that's what guitar did for you. Yeah. And like I said, I wish I would be keeping it up more or I should probably maybe like now take a lesson that I know some basics. Right. Because I just was like YouTube and how to how to do this. <laughs> right. But it's uh, it definitely did that for me. And it was great. And then again, with the running as well, too, like that was just a super great. Med- it was really meditating. And I still find it super meditating to just go for like a long run and chill and just kind of think about like something that I started realizing throughout that is like, I mean, throughout your day, remember when I said no one wakes up and they wants to be an asshole, like no, yeah. no one, no one wakes up that way, but you definitely have those encounters throughout your day. You might have a disagreement with uh, a client or a director or whoever. Right. And then I started realizing like through my playing guitar, my running, and my just kind of thinking about the situation because it was bothering me at night. Like I would lie in bed and I wasn't able to sleep because of an interaction I had with somebody that day. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm, I'm human, right? Like it's gonna, that's gonna happen, right? Yeah. But I remember lying there at like 1.30 in the morning, like thinking about this interaction and then realizing to myself, this person is not thinking about me right now. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm a little, I, I tend to be like a slight narcissistic sometimes. <laughs> we, we all do that. Right. Yeah. And I just like, so I'm lying there just being like, this person's not thinking about, like they're like at home with their kids thinking about like what they're making for supper tomorrow. Like they're not thinking about this one little altercation that has then sent me on this downward spiral. So now that was 12 hours ago and it's 1.30 in the morning and I can't sleep because of it, which is then going to like screw up the rest of my week. Yeah. Like I... I had to really try to focus on how to get that. Once I made that click, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not that important to them. Yeah. Like, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was the that realization there. That's a huge lesson for all of us. Yeah. Because we all get worked up about little mistakes or things you said or this or that. And we're like, oh, what's everyone gonna think? Mm-hmm. Or what are they thinking right now? Uh, you know, especially when they're when people are mean yeah. and say hurtful things, they're suffering. That's where their head's at. They're not about you. They don't give a shit about you right now. I don't care. <laughs> they're concerned about the pain they're going through yeah. personally. And I, I, like, I'm not perfect. I've a thousand percent done that. Yeah. Done that to people. Like I live with Logan Coots uh, right now from the Eagle, who is hilarious and yeah. makes the most off-branded comments to me I need ever. to get him on here too. Oh, please do. <laughs> we should get both of us on here together. Because yeah, yeah. he, like the other day he was like, Jamie, what's the, what was the best part of your prime? And I was saying like, you're out of your prime. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, what, what do you mean? He's like, you know, your prime, like 24, 25. I was like, Logan, you're going to hit multiple primes throughout yeah. your, like, let's hope you hit multiple yeah. primes throughout yeah. your life. I'm like, I'm thinking my prime's going to be like 65 when I'm retired. You know, <laughs> like, that's going to be my prime. Your prime should be where you are right now. <laughs> totally. Like, I think I'm in my prime. Absolutely. <laughs> new experiences, new people, new yeah. ideas. You're learning all the time. Like, so anyway, but it just was so innocent coming from like a 24 year old. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then that when I first moved in, I was like, oh, I got to get back to the gym. And I like, I got to like, I need to focus on myself a little and like working out and all this stuff. And He's just like, nah, man, you got like the dad bod going on. You're good. And I was like, <laughs> Logan, he's like, is that a bad thing to say? And I was like, well, like if you would have said like, you got the super sexy fit dad bod going on yeah. in front of that, I'd have been okay with it. But yeah. like just the dad bod, like we got to, we got to work on this, Logan. Come on, buddy. <laughs> so <laughs> it just his again, it's all about his perspective. Yeah. And I know it's not coming from a mean or cruel place. He's no, actually no. trying to compliment me, yeah. but yeah. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> he didn't mention his teenage bod. No, no, no. Okay, so just like straight up, Logan is jacked. Like yeah. he works out like four days a week and I've never seen a fitter 
That's so teenager. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Oh, yeah, he's, he's such so a good much guy. Fun. Yeah, and I've had so many because we've been in, I think at least two plays together. Yeah, with Dudney. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's so funny. That's awesome. That See, such a good, such a good person. So, one thing we were talking about at the very beginning, sure. and this is something that I think, um, you know, I, this this is something that I've thought about, and I've dropped these thoughts, but. I don't know if it's my place. Okay. So I've been sharing this to, you know, other people. And um, I, I shared this with Tom and uh, I, I invited uh, Daxon to yeah. do something about this too. But, uh, you know, one thing that I think this community particularly needs is uh, needs and resources for young LGBTQ youth. Yeah. And um, one thing that I thought, and I'm, I'm happy to help with this, uh, I just don't think as a straight man, I'm the one that should be telling uh, this community what to do. Sure. But, um, you know, like a course for like young adults, like, so you're gay. Now yeah. what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's the best title ever. So you're gay. What's next? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I remember. Because I know there's so much to it that, you know, we get taught these things in our uh, in in our culture, in media, and sex ed, and all these things. What it's like to be a straight person. Yeah, but no one teaches that world does not teach you. Yeah, what and it's you, like and to be. You know a what? Gay okay, that, and that education, like not like okay. See, here's my thoughts on that. The edu the education for young LGBTQ people, right? But also for their friends and for their parents, because I've had so many people come up to me and just be like. I don't want to offend you, but I have a question for you. And then they ask the question and it's super offensive, but like, they don't know, like yeah. they, they have, Oh, I just hit the mic. Sorry. That's okay. I'm getting all excited talking with yeah. my hands. Like they, like they don't know, like you have to use, I, I take all of those moments as like teaching moments. Good like for you. sometimes yeah. I say, you know what? It's honestly okay that you've asked me that. Cause like I've but known don't you forever, <laughs> but just like, don't like run up on the street and ask a gay person that question because they won't maybe, if you don't know them well enough, they might not take to it very yeah. well. And it, and it could be embarrassing and we're all unique. We're all different. Right. I had one friend was just like, totally cool with me being gay. Like that. And that was great. Right. Been my friend forever. And they were like, no, like I totally get it. And I was like, oh, that's good. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad you get it. And they're like, there's something wrong in your mind that makes you gay. Right. And I was like, so no, <laughs> that's not accurate. <laughs> oh my goodness. But again, I chose to get humor in that situation and use that as a teaching moment to say mm -hmm. like, no, there's nothing wrong with my mind. Yeah. It's just different than yours, yeah. but that doesn't make it wrong. Yeah. In my world, your mind is wrong, right? And it's just all those moments are, are, are teaching. They're just teaching moments for people. So that type of education, I think, is really important. But it's mm -hmm. difficult to get that in like a classroom setting. And it's more so like you need to bond with people to be able to have those types of conversations with yeah. them, right? Yeah. Is there a platform for that somewhere, whether it's just a support group or something within the community? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm really intrigued by it and would love to help figure yeah. that out somehow. Yeah, because I, I think there does need to be, you know, something to help them navigate this new world. Yeah. Um, something for the parents and the, those loved ones that don't understand, yeah. don't have any idea kind of really what's happening. Um, and uh, yeah, just to, to help them know that, because again, there's, um, you know, we have a pretty good uh, community 
you know, that's developing here as people are, you know, coming out or moving here or whatever. But uh, it's not as, um, you know, they don't have the communities and the connections that you would have in a big city. Totally. Yeah. And it would be wonderful. Like, you know, I have, you know, I have two gay sons. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for my one son, um, he's not overly social. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's an awesome guy, hilarious, you know, but he just doesn't, you know, he can do those things, but he's not going to take that first step. Yeah. So, you know, if those resources are available and they're there and I know there's like a, the um, the um, GSAs and things like that. You yeah. Know, we, I've I've been in a couple of like Zoom meetings with, fam- you know, the parents for GSAs, but uh, the, you know, I just I, I would. uh um I think that's an area where we can better serve yeah. these young people. Yeah, I think I think so too. And I just like I want people like if you want to have a conversation with me about my experiences, like I'm going to be super open and really real and honest with you. And I'm going to like again, I, I the people getting offended by people asking questions that they maybe shouldn't. I, sometimes, yeah, I mean, my experiences are different than a lot of others, right? Like coming out to my parents was actually rather easy. I know for some people that's, it goes a lot worse than my certain experience. So I get that, right? But I've just always tried to take the approach of like, okay, let's make this funny and use it as a teaching moment, right? Like um, I'll share another story. I was at Thanksgiving and I was talking to a friend of mine this past weekend and um, he was, you know, he's a totally straight guy and he was asking me like, really good questions about like being single now because he's only ever known me as you know with a partner so he was like what's that like and like you know he asked like the like all the straight guy questions but like to me which i actually really appreciated because they were super normal questions he's just like you know or like is it easy to get laid like you know what i mean like those are the questions and i'm just like giving him the answers and all that kind of stuff and then he was like um yeah, I was at a, I was at this thing uh, last year, and I uh, there was all these girls there, these really really pretty pretty beautiful girls, and I was you know hitting on them. And he's like, man, I just felt so kind of bad, like I had no luck, and they weren't really like you know responding to me. And he's a pretty like handsome and, and rather chill guy, and mm-hmm. and then he's like, and then I found out that uh, from another friend a couple hours later that they were all lesbians, right? He's like, so I just like I felt kind of you know silly because I was like hitting on these lesbians all night, and I was like, bro. Like now, you know how I feel every day. <laughs> like that's my life. <laughs> and he related to that. Yeah. And it made it just, it made my sexuality to him super normalized. Cause yeah. it, cause it is, there's nothing like, I, I can't wait until we're having the conversation about not normalizing this anymore. And it's just like straight up, like how it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember when, so my middle son, when he came out to me, how old is he? I don't know. 10, between 10 and 12. Yeah. And he told me he was, you know, we're in the car one day, just chatting, and he goes, um, Dad, I'm, uh, oh, what was the term? Oh, I think, did you talk about this in another? I think th- I did, yeah. Poly. Po- yeah. Um, I, can't re- I can't remember right now, but it's one where you just can love anyone. So I think that's polyamorous, but I'm not sure. No, it was a different term. I'll okay. figure it out. I don't but, know. But anyway, he like I'd never heard this term before, and I'm okay. like... Okay, what does that mean? And he's like, "Well, it means that you can love anyone, Dad. It doesn't, because it's 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 not that I'm, uh, it's not that I only like uh, gay men or straight women. I could fall in love with someone who's transgendered, yeah, someone who's whatever. Like you he, love the person. He says you fall in love with whoever you fall in love with, and yeah. it could be anyone. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, buddy. And he and we kind of talking about it. And then he said to me, you know, Dad, in ten years, no one's going to talk about gender. 
Yeah. Gender's not going to be an issue. No one's going to ask who you're dating or who you love, or we're going to get past all these questions. And, you know, I I still think there's a lot of people that because they're so curious and they don't understand it, they jump to the really offensive and over the top questions, you know, like asking a transgendered, you know, uh, woman, oh, do you still have your penis? Yeah. Like you would never ask a straight person these questions no i know and i i definitely <laughs> like i've definitely been triggered by that in my life and what i what i've done is i've just thrown it back at him which yeah. probably is the defense mechanism and i should stop <laughs> doing that but if i've had, like i've had people say like hey have you ever had sex with a woman before and yeah. i would just be like no have you ever had sex with a dude oh triggered offended mad yeah. upset it's like dude yeah. you just asked me the same question yeah like yeah i i've stopped doing that because i've realized how like <laughs> how potentially like aggressive it is because yeah. it, it makes it allows them to know that potentially that question made me uncomfortable so yeah. i'm just like well have you so I, I've, I've tried to avoid doing that yeah. moving forward but it, you're it, too good oh <laughs> i try i try yeah but it's definitely uh i i hope you know maybe from this discussion tonight people can understand that you know if you would feel uncomfortable asking that question of a straight person Mm-hmm. You probably shouldn't ask that of a gay or transgender person. Yeah. That's the best. That's the best advice I've heard all yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's true, though. Like that's if, if if you're thinking like as a straight person, if someone asked me that question, would I be triggered by it or offended by it? Then should I maybe ask them? And you know what? And then, but for me, I've been asked questions like that by like really close friends of mine in a super comfortable environment where yeah, I would, I totally ask them that question because mm-hmm. they're, we've built up so much relationship and I've exactly. known them my entire life. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, I'll be super open and honest with you so I can educate you on what not to say in the future. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. We need to get away from making that discussion of all about sex. Yeah. Yeah. And move past that and just be like, how are you as a person? Yeah. <laughs> so what's new with yeah. you as a person, yes. right? Yeah. But I, I mean, going back to my friend about the, um, uh, asking me those questions uh, this past weekend, like I, I don't know, it just was, it just felt like such a normalized conversation. And there, yeah. you could tell by the questions, there was, I don't know, I'm that like I know I'm, I've known him my entire life, but like we don't really hang out that often. We just happen to be at the same place, and it was yeah. just like I could just tell he was just trying to get to know me better and asking me those questions, um, like he would ask any other guy those questions. And it's probably a conversation you wish you could have had when you were a teenager. Oh, a hundred percent. If 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 he, especially that individual, if he had come up to me when I was a kid and a teenager and asked me those questions, like in that kind of chill, just understanding manner, then yeah, it would have it would have been just so great to to be able to express myself that way, yeah. right? And I unfortunately like never got that opportunity, but I think all I can do now as an adult is just talk about these experiences and hopefully it inspires one person to have the conversation with someone that they really trust and not consider a life ending situation. Uh, If I can one person, then my I'm good. I can retire. I don't have to wait till 65. (laughs) You know, I hope one of the things I hope through this whole podcast thing is as people listen to these they get these stories, they get this understanding that, um, you know, when we don't understand people or accept them for who they are, we cause suffering. Yeah. We cause pain. You know, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to Glenn Lynch's I have podcast, not yet, no. But, you know, when you hear this, the stories of the racism that he's endured since he was two, like, like the first episode of racism that he ever experienced, his mom described to him when he was two years old. 
you know, they're sitting at the bus stop and there's uh, the two of them, you know, she's holding him. There's a white guy there and he says to her, oh, what a cute little boy you have there. And she's like, oh, thank you, sir. I think he's pretty adorable, too. Mm -hmm. He goes, he'd look even cuter hanging from the tree in my front yard. Good God. Oh, that makes me sick, Jared. That's that's terrible. Doesn't it? That's so terrible. And to think that this is something that happens all the time. Yeah. And, you know, and Glenn's, you know, a lovable, awesome guy. And he's been very, you know, you know, fairly openly accepted by the community. Mm-hmm. But still the things that he endures and has to go through and constantly not feeling he's accepted. And when I hear these stories... You know, of what it's like for, you know, gay people coming out and racism and all these things. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just us as people not being accepting. Yeah. Not just loving people for who they are. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that people are a bit oblivious to that. And, yeah. and you know what? I like, honestly, I'm totally one of them in the sense that me as a person, I typically don't see race in people. Like I, I, I don't, I would never... Like when I, when I, I remember even like being surprised when you're hearing about like, um, you know, like black people getting, applying for jobs and being turned down because they're black. I remember I heard that somewhere and I'm sure that's an accurate stat. stat. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I don't, can't remember where I read that. Some of them have to change their names. Yeah, exactly. That was, it was the name thing. Yeah. That was right. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself when I read that, like, what? Like I would never in a million years not hire a candidate or not be friends with someone because of their ethnicity yeah. or how they identify sexually. Like I would, that would, I would never. So to me, it was just very shocking and surprising that that's a thing that exists in the world. And I think that, I think that people also have a hard time seeing that because here it does exist, but it's, you don't see it very often, right? It's not as openly accepted. Yeah. yeah so it's something that, you know, like, but even, um, like there's so many subtle things that are just the way we've been raised or how our culture is here that we don't recognize it. That's, that's just it. You it's know? not that it doesn't happen or it doesn't, it, it, you, that's the proper way to say that. We just yeah. don't recognize. Yeah. And I, I'm guilty for that too, because I'm just not that type of person. And it, and it, 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 it's hard for me to get in someone else's head to think like, what are you thinking? Like oh, to make a comment like that to a little boy at a bus stop or to not hire someone because their name sounds different than a, like a Caucasian name. Like why, why that's so, I don't understand. I don't understand that logic. And I, I don't need to understand it, but I need to understand how to fix it. <laughs> I don't, I well, don't know I, how. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, our role is, you know, white men Yeah, right. <laughs> is, is to look for those opportunities to make um, you know, visible minorities feel welcome, yeah, supported, and become their friends and and support them, and uh, stand up for things. Yeah, because it's a lot of times it's those small things that you hear that before was just a joke and whatever. Now we have to actually say, hey, I know you're saying that it's a joke, but we really should never say that. Yeah, that that shouldn't be. That sh- and, we should not talk and about. We this. need to start taking on that role. Yeah, in those moments to stand up and say something like, you know, I look back, of course, you know, I was a kid in the seventies and eighties and we were all racist. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't realize that it was wrong at the time. No, no yeah. idea as a kid, you, you know, um, you know, I remember one kid who was very feminine and we were cruel, you know, I think back and I'm like, if that poor fellow was still alive, 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, I wish I could meet him and say sorry. Totally. And apologize. Because you, we knew we destroyed that yeah. poor fellow. And, you know, some of the words and things we would say to kids we considered our friends, but because they're another color, mm-hmm. you use those words. And now we're like, wow, you would, like I was talking to my son about it. And he's like, no one uses those words at school, dad. Like no one, no says, one, that. No one says that. Yeah. And it, and it's just like, you know, at the same time, we can't feel guilty about things that we didn't understand. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can do our best to overcome it yeah. and make up for it. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And to, and to educate people on just like you're doing right now on why now that you recognize that that was wrong and that wasn't the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I just think at the end of the day, people just want to feel accepted. Right? Mm-hmm. I know I do. I know my yeah. friends do. Right. And for me, and I'll talk about like that, my sexuality, like if one of my really, I have a, I have some awesome friends in Saskatchewan. <laughs> like I, I'm, very, they're all my friends from high school and I'm just so grateful to have them in my lives and a part of my life every single day. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, and they will make jokes to me about my sexuality, but it does not bother me at all because I'm like just as mean to them. (laughs) (laughs) Like not about their sexuality, but if they do something like off brand or stupid or whatever, like I will a thousand percent make fun of them for it. Right. So if I do something, um, that I don't know, make a gay comment or or whatever, right? And they say something about it. Like I don't get offended by that because I'm like, oh, you guys, like you're, you're basically like my brothers and sisters. Like it's yeah. it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. But I just think that again, recognizing that that's only okay if the other person is like accepting of that and thinks that's okay. Exactly. And, yeah, and some yeah. comment you might make to me, you might say to someone else, and they they might not like that very much, you know. <laughs> so you got to be just because I'm okay with it doesn't mean that every other like LGBTQ person is going to be yeah, okay with yeah. that. <laughs> like I know when my best friend came out, then my kids came out like within a year, you know, a number of people I know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, I had no clue. And, you know, he's trying to educate me on the lingo and some of the things and all that. And I'm just like, holy, I know nothing, you know, I know nothing about this world, this culture, you know, all these things. And, um, you know, and, you know, we were hanging out with a bunch of friends in Texas and, you know, so it's me and Chris and like 10 gay guys. Yeah. And that sounds so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it is a blast. And they're all, they're all Hispanic. So they're freaking, you know, outgoing and hilarious. Yeah. And, but you're trying, you know, trying to navigate that and joke and not offend. Yeah. When you don't understand no people, because when you know someone, if you screw up, you like, know, they're going to tell you, you know, you can fix it. It's all you're going to understand. Yeah. It's like all good. Right. But when you don't know people well enough, you have to be very careful. And when we're uncomfortable, we joke. Yeah. Because it makes us feel. It's like a defense. Me- yeah. not, not a defense. Yeah. It's a bit of a defense, defense thing. It's like, oh, if I make them laugh, they'll like me. Yeah. That's the, the Canadian yeah. way. Right. Yeah. Just be nice and make them laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, you, you know, have to, we have to be a little more um, kind and listening and you know, open and ask those questions because mm-hmm. we have to understand it and know what they're comfortable with. Like I, like, you know, we're all hanging out on our last trip when we we're in the British Virgin Islands. And I mentioned something about, you know, Mexicans uh, that, uh, you know, they're Mexicans and they're like, Whoa, I'm not a Mexican. I was born in the U S. Oh, and I'm like, okay. But- He's like, don't say Mexican, say Hispanic or Latino. Oh, okay. And I'm like, okay. 
I can learn that. Yeah, I can do that. That's fine. Yeah. 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 And, and so there's, that's the relationship we need with people. Yeah. When we say something and so it's not about getting defensive and throwing up a wall. It's like, oh, well, what, what's, what should I say? What's better? Help yeah. me understand. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. I messed up. Like, what should I, you just tell me to, what to do moving forward. And then I'll just like do that because, yeah. and I, and, and going back to what we were talking about before, there's no, like, there's no point in that situation to get defensive about that or to say like, no, I have the right to say that word. It's like, well, no, you really don't. If the person doesn't like it, how yeah. about you just like, don't be a dick about it. Just yeah. say what they want and move on. And if that's going to be like your day ender, winter tires, Jared, yes. <laughs> sorry to go back yes. to that, but it's All just, back to this. it's yeah. just like, if, if that's going to be like your day ender, if that's going to be the thing that triggers you for the day, like you, d- buddy, like you yeah. need something like you need, yeah. you need help yeah. because yeah. So I, and I just, I'm just, vi- and like visualizing that situation, like some person gets um, a, a bit offended about uh, a name that they're called and the person doesn't realize that it's wrong. Then they correct them. And then the person gets defensive by getting angry with that other person when in reality, it's just like, oh, shoot, sorry, Kate, moving on. Bye. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we said at the very beginning, you know, with the Facebook and all of that stuff, yeah. we want to get away from uh, needing to be right and wanting to be right, you yeah. know, and f- focusing more on just being kind to people. Yeah. And supporting others. And I think that's what social media reinforces this bias and this need to be right and to be on the right side of things yeah rather than just this hey you're part of a huge community we're all earthlings we should all take care of each other and try to do that and for some reason social media blows that up yeah i yeah i don't understand it but we need to get away from that and, and embrace just i agree and and i mean on social media like I, I always talk about i joke about how i hate it. i hate it right and i just don't use it for work no i mean i totally i mean i love looking at my memories mm-hmm. i love when there's a wedding and everyone posts their pictures and my friends are either getting engaged or having babies like i love learning about that stuff right so i don't i don't hate facebook mm-hmm. i i enjoy it for the content that makes me happy and then once i realized like i said i could control the content that i was watching and just looking at then it just made me, it literally changed everything. It made me so much happier. Yeah. And knowing that if I just want to look at baby pictures of my friends, kids, and them like celebrating weddings and stuff, I can, that's all I, that's all I can, yeah. that's all I'll look at. And then a bunch of ads. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I think, you know, there's been some really interesting documentaries out and everything helping us understand that, you know, originally Facebook was designed to help people connect. Yeah. Now it's a roulette wheel that has us addicted and they're, we are the commodity. Yeah. You know, uh, what did they say? There was only two industries that look at the customers as a user. Drug dealers and um, uh, like social di- digital media, yeah. social media, where we are the user. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, and they have us addicted and they sell us. And, and, and our, you know, all our information to others. We are the product. Yeah. It's not Facebook. Facebook's not the product. We are the product that they sell. And we are being manipulated and twisted. And it is changing our view of the world. And it's changing view of each other. And it, it's incredibly harmful. And we can still use it as a beneficial thing. Yeah. To, for but your support we have groups. to be conscious of that mm-hmm. and make choices to protect ourselves. Uh, right. Addiction. And, and, and it's, it's addicting. You know how many times I've been on 
Facebook pages and I've been literally sitting there reading comments of two people going back and forth, having an argument <laughs> and just, I'm not going to lie, being like, this is hilarious. Like, this and is so great. Something just drawing yeah. about that, isn't it? But why am so... I attracted to that? I have wow. zero idea and I, I don't do it very often, but if like sometimes two people get going and it's like, whoa, yeah. it's like we're watching reality TV. Yeah, yeah reality <laughs> TV or car crash or whatever, right? Yeah, it's like, sometimes it's just like, you, you probably shouldn't look, but like, you're gonna <laughs> it's true it is so crazy yeah oh boy yeah well i've I've taken a lot of your time already oh i feel like i've taken a lot of yours yeah. thanks for allowing me to come and be on this platform oh, no this was fantastic you know and we talked about some amazing things today awesome and, and to me it's just the stories and helping us all learn how to communicate again yeah and how to have discussions and how to share uh who we are and you know understand that people have different ideas yeah and that's okay and that's i think the best part and i'm i'm hoping that through your podcast like i said i've been listening to this and i've been loving it and i've never done a pause my first time i've done a podcast before i mean i obviously have some time behind a microphone but first time i've done a podcast before and i what i'm what i get from listening to it from all these different people and their perspective and their opinion is you're allowing a platform for like no judgment mm -hmm. like if anyone judges me from anything that i've said on here today it's like, no, that's the whole point of this is that this is just kind of my experience and like my opinion and where I come from and who I am. And if you don't like that, or if I've said something that has offended or upset you, it's like, okay, that's, that's fine. But like, just move on. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. keep going. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's okay. We don't have to agree on everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're real people with real stories and they're all so incredibly relatable. Yeah. So thank you. Like I said, I was honored when you asked me to yeah. be here today. Oh, well, I'm grateful you came because I think you're freaking awesome. Ah! And Thanks. I, I know people feel the same way and uh, they want to learn more. Yeah, um, I'm excited to open up. Like I said, I haven't really done this before, especially yeah. on media. Talk about my sexuality and yeah. who I am. And um, it's, it's it was very therapeutic for me. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Jamie Hall, everyone. Um, we'll put all his socials and information in there. Sure. And, uh, you know, um, he does an absolutely epic job at the Chamber of Commerce. Thank so you. if you're a business owner and want some support. Jamie's going to help you out. I'll hook you up. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. Later. Wasn't that interview with Jamie a lot of fun? He's a great guy. He's uh, very funny and very honest and open. Um, I'm grateful for him for opening himself up and being vulnerable and sharing with us uh, his experiences and his troubles and the things he's gone through and to kind of give us a roadmap and some understanding on how we can um, communicate and understand and support um, our LGBTQ uh, family and friends and, um, you know, just how to communicate better in general with uh, our community. You know, I one thing that's been coming up a number of times throughout these discussions is how do we break that divide that's developed in this world? And, you know, media has really exasperated that with social media and television. Uh, everyone taking a side rather than understanding that, you know, as earthlings, we all have a very common goal of just treating each other better and making sure everyone is cared for and supported and loved. And that's not really a difficult thing. I do think everyone understands that. I do think there's very few... People out there that might be a bit of a zealot who 
only agree with their point of view and anyone that doesn't is, you know, um, doesn't deserve rights or whatever it is, which is <laughs> very sad. But I think us as a community, we need to work more towards that and, you know, finding that support for one another. And it, it, I get really excited when I think about those potentials and where we're going. And discussions like what I had with, uh, you know, Jamie tonight really helps to reinforce that, that I do think we're moving in that right direction. Um, and, you know, again, it shows me that our community is healing together and that people are very open about their mental health and what they're going through. And I think it just makes it easier for all of those that suffer and, you know, shows that they can get through things. You know, whether I have a patient in the office that has schizophrenia or bipolar or borderline uh, personality disorder, OCD, anxiety, all of these things that I see quite regularly, um, it's in our community. But these people are thriving and they're doing Right, with lots of supports, whether it's from acupuncture or medication or uh, counseling, these tools are out there. And when you pass someone on the street, you know, quite a high percentage of the people that you will meet are suffering in some way. Um, you know, maybe not just physically, but mentally in some way. Everyone's having uh, challenges. And that is okay. That is normal. That is all a part of our lives. I think for so long in our culture, we have buried those pains and made it so you don't talk about it. Well, you know, as we communicate better and share it, people won't suffer as much and it won't be as rampant and we can get over this together and we can be a healthier, more supportive, loving community together. And I just hope these discussions in some small way support that and get us on that path. So if you have been listening to a few of these now and you're like, this is good stuff. This, uh, you know, I, I, I feel it helps me. I enjoy these discussions. I ask you to please share this. You know, uh, if, whatever platform you're listening on, please take some time to go rate uh, the podcast and share it with someone. And the more we can get our community listening and talking and sharing these ideas, the healthier and happier our community can be. And that's just not here in our little, uh, you know, community here in Okotoks. You know, this podcast is being listened to in over a dozen countries all over the world. It blows my mind. You know, we have uh, all through Europe, Scandinavia. We've got listeners in India and Pakistan and Australia, New Zealand. We have listeners um, throughout the United States. And uh, it's, you know, it is a thing. People are listening. You know, we have, a, even, we have listeners in China. So we're not alone. People all around the world recognize that mental health is a concern and that we're not getting the supports we need. So if, you know, the higher ups aren't going to do it, we're going to do it as a community. We're going to support one another. We're going to talk about these things and we're going to make it normal and natural to heal and overcome these things. And um, the more we share and the more we support one another, the better off we'll, we will all be. Because any troubles we see in the world, whether it's political or, uh, you know, when anyone acts out, 
does something unkind or hurtful, it is a cry for help. They are in pain and they don't know how to express it and they don't know how to get help and they're afraid to talk about it. And instead, they take that pain and suffering out on others. So if we can help people understand that it's okay to talk about your pain, it's okay to get help, it's okay to support yourself, then there's not that need to attack people on the internet or you know, abuse your power or bully or shame someone. You don't have to make others suffer to make yourself feel better. You know, this is a topic that um, I talk about a lot in the course. And these are teachings from Eckhart Tolle, where he talks about the pain body. And what this means is when we suffer in our lives, that suffering that we incur, endure, it gets almost stored within us. And it gets transformed into what he calls the pain body. Um, some people call it like the dark, dark passenger or whatever. It's that, it's that part of you that is just hurt and angry. And when we endure suffering in our day, uh, it triggers that pain body to awaken. And it needs to feed. Now, it does not feed on our own suffering. It can only feed off the suffering of others. So it needs to find someone to push their buttons, to make them hurt and make them suffer so they can feed off of that. And if you've ever noticed someone who does this when they're suffering and in pain and they just have to hurt people, as soon as you hurt and you're in pain and all that, then it passes. And it's almost like the beast has fed and it now it needs to slumber and it goes to sleep. And that person in a way becomes conscious again. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to act that way. I'm sorry. And it is because they are really, in a way, unconsciously acting out this pain and acting. The pain body almost takes over. That's why some people get stuck in really abusive relationships because majority of the time the person's a good person. But when their suffering gets triggered, they turn into their pain body and they hurt and they harm others. And then as soon as that passes and they've been fed, it slumbers and they come conscious and they're so sorry and for, you know, uh, repentant and want help. And, you know, they're all kind and nice again. And this is a cycle until they deal with that pain body. So when someone is hurting and they hurt you, it's not you. It's not a reflection of you and what you've done and who you are. It's the pain and suffering that they have endured in their lives. And the more suffering they've endured, the bigger that pain body is. Some people, to bury that pain body and not to feel that way and not to deal with that pain, they use drugs and alcohol to bury it and to smother it and make it go away. Even if it's only, you know, uh, momentarily. Others, they use that anger and that to feed that pain body and to harm others. So we need to be patient with these people. We need to understand they're not out to get us. They're, they're not hating on us. They're hating on their life. They're hating on the pain and the suffering they've endured. And they want to heal. And they just don't know how to express it. So we can be a little more patient with these people. We can listen. We can be vulnerable. We can, you know, support them. But if they're just attacking us, we just need to walk away. We need to offer help. Say we see that they're in pain and we want to help. But if they continually to harm and hurt us, we just walk away. And when they're ready to listen and to 
receive love and support, then you can talk, then it's okay. But don't take abuse from someone too long when they're in pain like that because they really don't, can't learn and don't want to learn and they don't want to heal when they're in that state. Once that beast, you know, the pain body slumbers, then boom, now's a good time to talk. And if we can understand this about people and why they hurt, then we're more open to help them rather than to judge them. So I'll leave that with you this week. This has already been a long podcast. I apologize. We've had lots to talk about. We're probably over an hour and a half now. Um, So I apologize. But this is important information. And if you want to learn more about these tools and techniques, um, you can always follow the links below. And the course I teach is called The Five Elements of Letting Go. And it is available online. You can take the whole course on your own. In your time, it's uh, presented in about 20 minutes, short little bites. So you can do like one little lesson a day or, you know, when you have a, a short moment, whatever works for you. And again, all the notes are also in um, MP3. So if you don't have time to read the notes, pop it on your phone and listen in the car. All right. So we're trying to get together as many tools we can to help you and our community heal. And that's just one more of them. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, Hey, if you see Jamie Hall in the streets, say hello and uh, thank him for uh, all that he does. And um, thank you for listening. We really enjoy this. And uh, uh, next up is uh, uh, another good friend of mine, uh, Lisa uh, Kozowalskis. If that's how you pronounce it, I apologize. Um, but, uh, Lisa's a fantastic woman, a life coach here in town. Um, and, uh, just a, uh, um, oh, wonderful woman. And I can't wait to, to hear from her. Thanks everyone. Take care, uh, sleep easy, know that you're loved and there's support there out there for you. Uh, just reach out for it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.